Anna Leong Brophy, are you there? Yes, Emily, I am here. <laughs> are you there? Yeah, I think so. I think I am today. <laughs> I could tell you were waiting for me, waiting for me to check in. And I was like, no, I'm just going to wait it out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Still Legit Podcast. Yeah, this is the podcast where we check in with popular culture from our youth and see whether or not it is still legit. And today we're being joined by a special guest. A very special guest who is a comedian and a friend. And a friend. And a winner. (laughs) (laughs) To us. Uh, Yeah. Joining us today is comedian Chloe Pett. Yes, Chloe. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I feel like we need a sound effect there or something. It just... Well, I'm just so used to the stage. I'm so used to the stage that I always expect that to be followed by... A large round of applause. A large round of applause and, you know, coming on, passing the microphone over. No, it's just us. And I thought it was lovely. I thought it was a really lovely introduction. You know, you said all the key (laughs) things, my name being one of them. (laughs) We didn't get your age. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Do you want my measurements as well? Yes, yes. Thank you. I think actually one of the last messages I've got is asking you for your measurements. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, stop it. It's like every, every Thursday, once a week, what are your measurements, Chloe? I'm still not telling yeah. you. <laughs> That's why we've got you on the podcast. It's just <laughs> really nail those down. I need to know. But I, I'm here just to make my statement, which is I will not be giving you your measurements and I will be uh, filing a harassment order if you don't stop asking. So join us next week. <laughs> <laughs> so you're joining us to revisit the wonderful film of well I say wonderful might not be wonderful for you the matrix yeah it's well actually my first time watching it to to wow. my shame i guess yeah what yeah i've never seen what i've never seen the matrix before what mm. oh my god anna's trying to get far <laughs> away from her mic to scream but... oh my god <laughs> What? You know what? One of the All things- I can say is, you are welcome. Yes. Am I? Yeah. In my mind, you are. Okay. <laughs> there was something I thought watching it was, I nothing takes away the first time that I watched this and didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> when you know, it takes away some of the... I think, I think also the thing is, is that like, I've watched a lot of old movies over lockdown and the impact of them is kind of lost a little bit because they're parried, parodied so much through popular culture. Right. So like, it, it kind of looked like a parody of in and of itself it, because I'd seen so many parodies. Do you see what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. Shit. Okay, so Chloe, just so you know, you might have to take a back seat in this podcast because <laughs> this is just going to be a Matrix Appreciation podcast. I don't know why that I had you pegged as the kind of person who might have seen The Matrix. Before. Because oh. she's seen every. Chloe has seen everything. Because Chloe you always, yeah, you're a big film. Well, the thing is, is that like, I'm surprised that I haven't seen The Matrix because I've basically seen like every film in that genre. But my dad hates, hates it. Every time I've asked to sit down and watch it, um, he, he's oh, like, you no. have to get permission from. Your- I, have to, I have to get permission. Every film I watch, I have to get permission from my dad, and um, unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't grant it on this occasion. Um, so I had to like, I had to sort of write to him and say, "Listen, it's for work. Can I have yeah. special dispensation?" We actually notarized that that letter, didn't yeah. we? We had to, yeah, kind of witness it. So thank you for doing that. Um, Absolutely. Well, I'm fine. so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> What's the most bonkers film where your you thought your dad would say no, and your dad was like, "Yes." please can we watch that i would describe the genre of film that my dad likes as tom cruise 
And um, uh, it's a that's genre. a good genre. And I asked him over lockdown to watch Spirited Away, which also I hadn't seen. Um, and um, yeah, he's not very Tom Cruise. It's the opposite of Tom Cruise, some would argue, the diametric opposite. And um, I thought it was absolutely amazing, but my dad hated every single minute of it. It doesn't really fall in the right genre for him. <laughs> So, Em, did you see it when it came out? Saw it at the cinema, completely obsessed. I think within the first three weeks of it coming out, I'd watched it three times. At the cinema? Yes. At the cinema. Someone's a baller. Well, you know, got a lot of dads, so. <laughs> right. Emily, yeah. you were definitely like a sneaker into the cinema as well. I, I bet you've oh seen a God. lot of... How do you know that about me? You can just tell. You're like, you've got well, a sort of... My parents did it. My parents would pay for me and then they'd say we'd wait outside and then they would sneak in. So... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> that is... I know. Wow. I say parents, it was my biological father. Chloe, I feel like you have the gift. You might be the one. <gasps> oh, stop it. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, uh, uh, you know, I might as well be the one, given how qualified Keanu Reeves was to be the one. <laughs> okay, you know let's not mean? get into it right now. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. we're going to check in. But are we going to ask me when I first... I mean, do we even care? No, it's fine. No, it? I would let's like to know, Anna, when you first watched it. I also watched it when it came out. Yeah. And I remember it really, really clearly because... When I was at school, I went to not great school. It's good now, I think, apparently. But this is how they taught maths at my school. We had filing cabinets in the maths classroom. Yeah. And the teacher would write you out a list of cards that you would go and get from these cabinets and you would do the maths problems on those things. I remember you telling me this, yeah. And that was called a matrix. Right. So you'd go and get a matrix from the teacher and obviously it was an absolute fucking disaster way of teaching because of it was a really like quite run down inner city school. So none of the cards were there. Obviously you're asking like 12 year old kids to put cards, like literal card paper back into a filing cabinet in the right place. Would have been such a different film, wouldn't it? If it was That's that matrix. That's what, yeah. <laughs> but everyone at my school was like, oh, they... They made a film about maths class. <laughs> about shit filing. Is this about Mr. Wrigley? <laughs> can, I, can I just um, interject briefly and ask if anyone else, every time they hear the words Matrix, thinks, oh, Matrix? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably disturbed my enjoyment of the film somewhat. We are going to be relating to this film in such different ways. <laughs> I love that you're the last person to watch the film out of us three, but the one with the oldest like <laughs> to it. <laughs> Makes zero sense. So, Chloe, what we do is before we kind of move on to talking about the Matrix, we do for people who, like yourself, may have been denied the opportunity to watch this film do do a little kind of summary and I mean I know you listen to the podcast I know you know what I'm looking for so I'm, am I doing the summary you're gonna do the blurb of the matrix and then you wow. can't slag us off anymore I know that you've slagged <laughs> off my summaries in the past but let's hear you have That's a go fair. so for, this is for the listener before the podcast I was complimenting how much I enjoy listening to still legit but it was a battle because the first episode like I almost turned off <laughs> After after Anna's synopsis, because I was like, "Well, that's a slog." <laughs> I am very thorough. But, uh, but, but, but fortunately, you said the the phrase, and in the end, there was a caper, really brought it back for me. Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, no, I, this is this is quite nerve wracking. Um, the Matrix is about a sort of man who is called Keanu Reeves, and he lives a sort of like quite normal white collar existence. Just he's an average office worker, but he has a sense that something else, that there's something more to life, that things aren't all that they seem. And then he gets sort of followed by some men in black suits and then saved by this other organisation um, who then th- this this main guy, what's his name? The Morpheus. I can't Morpheus. believe this is happening. Or Lawrence Fishburne, whatever you prefer. What's his name? What's his what, name? Oh, come on. You can't expect me to remember the names on the first watch. Um <laughs> Also, the thing is, so Keanu Reeves' character is called Neo, but I kept hearing it as Neil. There is a bit in the film where it does that. It's like, my name is Neil. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And I started creasing because that's essentially like going, my name is Malcolm. (laughs) Um, So that was a bit distracting. But basically, this this guy, Morpheus, gives uh, Keanu Reeves the option of taking a blue pill or a red pill. And I did write down which one is which. If you take the blue pill, you'll go back to your normal life. You'll, mm-hmm. You won't know anything. Or if you take the red pill, it will give you access to knowledge of everything. And then it, it subsequently turns out that um, nothing is real. They're living in a matrix. Was that good or was that shit? And in the end? And then there was a caper. It <laughs> was a long caper. I don't, I don't want to give it away, though. No. I know. This is like Emily. She hates giving away the end, but... We have to be brutal and say Morpheus thinks Neo is the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Essentially that. Essentially Jesus, right? He's going to save everyone. Yeah. And spoiler, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kicks uh, Agent Smith's ass. Oh, God. I really couldn't. Okay, I won't go into it. I was going to say I couldn't believe how much I could still quote, but like really weird lines. Oh, Not quotable lines. so much. Just My name's ones. Neil. My name's Neil, but also there's a bit where he's following the white rabbit and it's that girl from Home and Away and she's got (laughs) a rabbit and they say, what do you think? Should we bring him with us? And I just went, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I was so excited to watch the beginning of the film because my experience of The Matrix is, I love that. I love the film. Doesn't mean it's legit, guys. Don't think that we've made our choice. But it's always just something that I flick over and be like, oh, the Matrix is on. So I hadn't seen the beginning. I got so overexcited when it opened and Trinity's doing her opening fight sequence. And I was like, I don't remember this at all. And I was was doing a lot of shouting through to my brother. And I don't know whether we'll keep this in or not. Probably not. But but at one point I stopped it and I was like, I need to smoke some weed before I watch the rest of this film. And I did, and it was incredible. So I had such a great night last night watching The Matrix. Now I see where your caveat just came from. (laughs) (laughs) So we are, I would say, 70% way more excited about doing this than Chloe Pets. Yeah. Before we get into The Matrix, let's just have ourselves a little calm down, a little check-in. Sure thing. Hey, Chloe, you all right? Yeah, I'm pretty all right, actually. So I spent um, three and a half months, well, you know, three and a bit months of lockdown at my parents in Kent, which was lovely. But, you know, I got to the point where I was like, I need my own dinner time. And we had a a big argument about uh, Michael McIntyre. That was our biggest argument of (gasps) of lockdown. Oh, I need need that unpacking. Details, please. Oh, well, it's quite long. Well, you can do a summary, I've heard you. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, oh, he was doing like quite a racially insensitive character on um, one of his shows, and I asked to change the channel, um, and then Dad wouldn't change the channel out of a sort of principle, unbeknownst to I think either of us, and um, <laughs> and then it like I don't know, it turned into not an argument about Michael McIntyre's racially problematic character, it turned into an argument of like agency and. Uh, my sort of freedom as an adult in the familial home. Um, Amazing. I told my dad to, I told my dad to fuck off and went on a three hour walk. <laughs> 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 um, so I'm glad to be back in London now sort of um, with my own space and able yeah. to watch the things that I want to watch. That would have happened within 45 minutes of me moving back in with my parents. <laughs> that argument. So yeah, well I think we done. did pretty well. It was probably like, yeah, two and a half months in, I reckon that one was. Yeah. Good. That's pretty good. That's good going. But I do think that you must have watched that set more than once because you did re- remember Michael McIntyre's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the secret is I actually loved the racially insensitive bit and I went back and watched it over and over again. Was it turn it over? I want to watch this on plus one. So I get the start. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, this is definitely still legit. Um, <laughs> so you're back in London. Back in London, sort of, uh, you know, living the living the high life. I had a bit of a, a impromptu party last night, which included um, lasers and a smoke machine that my friend has invested in. What, bought or hired? Imagine if he... What, what do you mean hired? You can hire party things. What, why would you do that in the middle of lockdown? Why, Emily? On, Emily? On a, why? Um, random Thursday night. <laughs> Emily? I... <laughs> Do you, want to, Sorry. do you want to answer that question? I did not realise that was going to be such a triggering question. I don't know why that set me off. Are you taking the bloody piss, mate? I'm sorry. I just think that now they've got the laser of machine forever. Is that correct? Yeah, and it only apparently it only cost about thirty pounds. Well, I'm sorry. Well, if it if that if it's that much to buy, why hire? Why would you hire Emily when it's thirty quid all in, and you own yeah, it for life? So true. I didn't realise I've been to a lot of parties. I didn't realise that the hosts were now the new owners of all those lasers. <laughs> no, it was honestly sick. It was really mesmerising, actually. When you say lasers, was it like um, one of those sort of revolving... <laughs> Did it make patterns? I... Oh, I'm scared now I'm going to get taken taken to town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, I'm in such a strange mood that like, you're, like nothing, is, nothing is off limits, like... I could just blow at any moment over something quite... <laughs> Anna, it was obviously a laser pen that they just shot, like a sparkler. I, I, don't know why, I don't know why I got so mad about that, but, you know, anything could set me off. But um, no is the answer. It's not like one of those things that you had when you were, like, 12 that you... Yeah, Emily. That were, that were... Oh, I hired one. I sent it back after a week. Just, you idiot... <laughs> You fucking stupid idiot. Who's hiring a laser machine? <laughs> a 12-year-old, apparently. Hazard a guess at everyone that has one, but I've really learned something today and in a really horrible way. And is it about my personality? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why we need a producer. We need to vet the guests. So, okay? so basically, it was, it's like a box and then out of the box comes like lasers and like a pattern uh, there's like a a green bit and a red bit and then multiple multiple lines oh imagine you're watching an action movie but i know you have and Mm. someone gets um is going to get like assassinated or something and they get a red dot 
It's like yeah. that. It's, it's like that. So just the one, just the one, just light. the one light. That's what I'm yeah, just one. No, no, no. So, that, so then cu- coming out, there's multiple like lines of laser. Right. And then oh, when, they, okay. when they hit the wall, they make a pattern. And with the, the smoke. Okay, good. Yeah. And then they, like, you, guys, you've been to a club. Yes. Oh, all yeah, the time. I go to clubs all the time, actually. I don't know. I was if there I, one just an hour I'm ago. I'm always doing clubs. <laughs> Uh, guys, why do I get the impression that I've scared you, <laughs> and you're now both just sort of pussyfooting around me? I just think your your description of a laser is so shit. <laughs> you know when someone's about to get assassinated, that but at a party. Closely followed by your description of this film. <laughs> and I feel really vindicated now. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to do a synopsis. Yeah, but it's not. It's not my podcast. I didn't. Also, really. we're not meant to be doing fucking synopses, people. We're meant to be doing a summary, and that is where this whole podcast has gone wrong and been unstable. <laughs> Chloe, you failed. Anna, you failed. I fail every single time. But can I can I just genuinely say that I went on another podcast and my mate Lulu had a word for me because she, she yeah I know sorry this isn't my first podcast rude um, okay now and Lulu was like basically what you did the whole podcast is you just said really mean stuff but in like a really nice voice <laughs> so so I thought I'm gonna like come on to still legit and I'm gonna like match. Anna and Emily's like quite chill, like very lovely persona. But apparently I can't, I you, can't do you that. I don't out, possess that ability. You've brought out the mean side in us already. So you might as well just commit to it. <sighs> We're coming up to you. Don't you worry about coming down to us. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're coming up. Oh, but to great. conclude, yeah, I am all right. Well, I was, but I'm not sure now. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the main point of this section to start off. Are you all right? And then at the end, we play music that says, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, The Matrix, your first time watching. Yeah. Your main feelings, your main emotions post Matrix. Oh, um I'm guessing anger. <laughs> <laughs> that no, that that's just like a standard baseline. Um, <laughs> so so I take I take anger as a standard. I I feel like just just infer that at all times. Um Okay. <laughs> I was, as I say, like, I do think it was very, it's very of its time. And Mm. had I seen it sort of when it was released, I think I would have absolutely loved it because it is right up my street. But it felt like a lot of it was like, what, 50% was like exposition and then 50% Mm. was just like CGI kung fu fighting. Like that's essentially (laughs) what it was. There's a lot of kung fu. There's a lot of kung fu. And some moments like really grabbed me and I thought it was really great. And then other moments I was just like, this is absolutely wank. This is, this is like terrible. I definitely found that on, on this viewing, my 900th viewing, um, (laughs) I was like, wow, everyone is saying every line so portentously that (laughs) like at no point is anyone like, apart from Joe Pantaliano, who's, Play, who plays Cypher. who plays Cypher, yeah. Uh, who betrays them, the Judas character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're like, you know, you, you could just have said a few of these things a, a slightly more succinctly. 
Which is everything is like, I know you would. He is the one. He will make it. It's like, come on, there's a fucking giant squid about to kill you. I have to say, one of the main things that got me is Trinity chooses a really bad time for heart to hearts. Yes. Well, <laughs> she's got terrible timing I'm like, in heart to hearts. I'm like that in with these kind of films and like spy films. Anytime there's a situation like that where they basically need to pick up the phone and get whisked away to safety and then you're having a phone com- you're having a heart to heart when the phone is ringing i just would never ever be able to have a conversation i'd always just be like no driving <laughs> do you know what i mean kind of <laughs> so it's actually very rude to keep the person on the other line waiting that long i'm like you don't know what's going on i mean also she's really good at keeping her eyes open when like a truck or something is coming right towards her a bullet's coming right yeah. towards her she's just like She's the calmest woman. She's a real idol. Chloe, pick a moment, the one that really grabbed you or the one where you thought, bag of wank. I'd like to know. I liked it when um, the kind of like quite iconic shot where essentially there's two of them and they go into the Matrix and there's like filing cabinets behind them. Yeah, with the gun store kind of thing. Yeah, that, that was a really cool sequence where it just like kind of kicked into gear and like stuff started happening. Yes. I think that's that's the thing. And I was trying to watch it with the eyes of past Anna, where obviously bullet time was invented for this film. And there's just so much that has been used and utilised from the film in terms of the visual language that is so strong. When you first watch it, you're like, whoa, he's dodging a bullet. This is mad. Where obviously now, We've like... have never seen that bullet time slow-mo move before. That was the first... It was revolutionised by the Wachowski brothers, now sisters. But yeah, like you say, it's been stolen. Not stolen, but reused in so many films. We're so used to it now. Mm. Like now you can have it in like uh, a sitcom, <laughs> you know? I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but on, on top of that, with the visuals... Mm. The cyberpunk look. Like at the beginning, again, I was like, oh, the beginning. (laughs) Remember this? And they go to the cyberpunk. There's a great fucking example. There you go. There's an example of when Trinity's like, I know you are looking for him. And he is looking. Keanu's followed the white rabbit. And then she's come come over and it's like, I know you're looking for Morpheus, blah, blah, blah. She could just be like, you're living in a dream world. Oh, I can't show, I can't tell you about the Matrix. I have to show you. Um, You could tell him. <laughs> Give it a go. Yeah. Also, it is like, would you like to see the truth? Because we're going to unplug your body from a body farm and then you'll never be able to go back. So it really is. <laughs> yeah, just. I'd like some of that small print up front. Can you guess what pissed me off in that scene in the cyberpunk club? That the the music was really loud and we could hear them whispering. <laughs> this is this is Emily's favorite favorite bugbear. She's always like, how could they see or hear? In regard to their their clothes, I felt like if I'd been watching this film 10 years ago, I would have thought it looked really dated and really uncool. But because we're in that sort of like late 90s resurgent now, resurgence now, it looked really cool. Oh, it's like been on so long it's come it's, it's come back round again, yeah. My mum actually bought some Morpheus glasses. My mum and my stepdad uh, bought some Morpheus glasses. <gasps> post watching uh, the film. It was really amazing. embarrassing. When he puts them on, it's incredible. You're like, he puts my, them on, he just put them on. No side bit. How? What? My French exchange student when I was fourteen bought some glasses like that and he was really weird. And we didn't talk for the whole French exchange, but then he started getting bullied for the glasses and I had to step in. 
<laughs> oh god i wish i could have told my mum that story in like <laughs> the early noughties <laughs> Do you know what, though? That really says something. The film is about misfits. Is it? It's peopled by misfits. That's what the whole vibe is. You feel like you don't fit in. I'm, I'm, try, I'm getting down under the skin of it now, right? Yeah. But it's saying, like, you've always had this feeling that you don't fit in. And we're telling you there's a place for us. But I think Keanu Reeves is not a misfit. He's, like, the most bland white man that works in middle management he's not white <laughs> he's mixed oh race. is he not i apologize he's got some asian <laughs> he's got some asian and hawaiian i'm happy for the caucasians to have him <gasps> you're not a fan of keanu i love keanu i mean i i like bill and ted keanu and well I- bill and ted keanu is basically in the matrix he's like whoa <laughs> bill, yeah he, there's a bit where he's like whoa i know kung fu i love um, but this is but this is exactly what I mean that like there's nothing special about him yeah. he, they just randomly arbitrarily decide that he is the one and then he does nothing to earn his skills he just sits there and like and like absorbs all this information that they fed to him and the only reference to him being exceptional is that he just has more space than most people to absorb these things that he's been taught like he's not there's nothing glorious about him as a hero yeah he's just like got a big brain well done but okay, obviously I have to. I'm going to be the the Matrix truther here, the one who's like, but because I love the film so much. But I'll be in the middle. Okay. <laughs> what a lovely dynamic we've set up there, guys. Perfect, perfect for broadcasting. <laughs> I just, um, for me, there's lots of like thematic undertones. I mean, you can take the whole thing about not feeling like you quite belong, da da da, Wachowskis, and them not feeling like they belong as men and now they're women and so on but also there's there's a lot of spiritual things around it so the fact is like when he goes to the to the oracle and she's like oh you just feel like you're the one you just you'll just know and he's like oh I don't I guess I'm not the one then I felt like there's this kind of overtone spiritual overtone of it saying you have the capacity that you know every time when Morpheus is training him he's like you are putting the limitations in front of your own self because those limitations don't really exist. Mm. And it's being obviously represented by the computer, right? So his ability, like someone who achieves uh, transcendence, Nirvana, is just, he's the same as any other person. He's just able to push past those. But are you saying then that anyone could have been unplugged and been the one? Um... There's a whole, there's that whole thing about the prophecy and blah, 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 blah. But it's just... Yeah, she, I, I think that that's... The, the, I think the question in and of itself is like the, the interesting thing because it's all about like fate. The, the film is about fate and about whether we are in control of our own destinies and stuff. So I think it, it, it's, it's summarised in that when he, he's in with the Oracle and the vase. Yes. She goes, don't worry about that. And then he knocks the vase yeah. over. Um, and then she says something like, what's really going to bake your noodle? I love the fucking <laughs> Would you have knocked it over if I hadn't said anything? Exactly, exactly. So it's like a bit chicken and eggy. Like yeah. it, he was always going to be the one that anyone could have... I, do you see what yeah. I mean? And I do actually, what's, what's I've never really thought about before is the taking control of your own fate, but actually it all being planned out by a prophecy. And I have to say, one of the weaknesses in the film to me... Mm-hmm is how quickly 
Trinity knows he's the one because she loves him. She seems to decide that with with him saying, I would say around seven words. Probably less. I mean, he doesn't really need... Probably less. Can't say much. She's been watching him like a pervert through the Matrix for ages. But that's the interesting (laughs) thing. And I think, you know, as Morpheus says, she told you what you needed to know. And essentially that is like, that covers all the bases. She told Morpheus what he needed to know to go out and Mm. find somebody. He, she tells Neo. Sounds a bit rogue, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then actually in the second film, which I definitely started watching immediately after the first film last night, um, he's like, he's again, like railing against this idea of fate. You know, she's like, take a... Comes up again. Yeah. She says to him, take a seat. And he's like, no, I'll stand. And then she's like, well, it's up to you. And then he sits down. He's like, yeah, yeah, I felt like sitting. But then he, (laughs) he kind of says... I don't like the idea of everything being planned out. And she said, well, you're already going to do these things. You come to me to to find out how you feel about that. So it's kind of like, it's quite an esoteric film, isn't it? I think it's pulling from like spiritual threads in that I've respect. I've never thought of it like that. Oh, really? Because to me, it's like 100% Jesus story. Really? Yeah, that, feel, that feels really biblical. It, but th- that feels really biblical and like... um. My favourite musical of all time is Jesus Christ Superstar. And um, I feel like Jesus Christ Superstar picks up on these themes quite well because it's like... Um... It's actually based on The Matrix, that musical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the old Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah. classic. Um... Lloyd Webber's um, actually the third um, Wachowski. Oh, it's just he had two names already, um, so he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. didn't add another one. Yeah, but, but in Jesus Christ Superstar, basically, like, Jesus says you're going to betray me, and then Judas is like, "You want me to betray you? You need me to betray betray you? You like, you 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 are choosing for me to do this." And I, I feel like it's um, that was a long way, winded way of making. No, it's a good point. point, and not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but from a scientific viewpoint, we have no free will because of the way that our reactions and actions interact with the world. You literally lost me at scientific. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, 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 I want you to. I want you to. Is it that you're talking about like there's a scientific theory that like the the back part of your brain, the animal part of your brain is telling you what to do. And then once you've done it, you retroactively like place a narrative over it uh-huh. while you did what you did. So like if you pick up a book, you, your brain told you to pick up a book before you even knew you were going to pick up the book. And then afterwards you say, oh, I'm going to pick it up because I wanted to. Then it reading. became a conscious decision after the fact. Is yeah. that what you're saying, both? And then, and I don't know and I don't want to to even try and <laughs> basically I can put I can send you an article but I don't uh, I'm not smart enough I'm not this is not the podcast for that <laughs> that would be great great for all the listeners at home for uh, Emily to have that article <laughs> It's no point even going into it because I don't have the facts at my fingertips. What's funny, though, is that we've gone straight in for, and I honestly had not thought of the spiritual kind of levels underneath it, or like you say, even the Jesus Christ superstar, even just kind of the the, the Jesus story. What I've written, what's making me laugh is that my, I think, most highbrow note that I've written down is, this is like the most technological feat... (laughs) them having the Nebuchadnezzar in this real world, but they're all still using MS-DOS. And 
floppy <laughs> floppy disks floppy disks and mini disks and that I think is as like deep as my notes go so I was like wow oh. we're, we're further in you guys should have smoked in. what I smoked last night because I was she followed the rabbit yeah I've also written he looks so ill I know <laughs> someone says at one point you look yeah. whiter than usual which is great <laughs> um yeah I mean as a lapsed Catholic it's very it's like the, it's like the line, the witch in the wardrobe all over again. It's like, it's been prophesized that someone will come and save us, you know, um, save us from damnation. And yeah, and then he's he gets betrayed and then... But that's like so many narratives. Like that's just Harry that, Potter. But Harry Potter is a, yeah, it's, it's a biblical, you know, structure. That's, yeah. it's, yeah. the, it's a great, yeah. it's, it's a great it's, story structure. It's just a really satisfying yeah. one. But yeah. also um, the whole thing is like free your mind what mm-hmm. you have decided is Pray the con- mind and the rest will follow um the the construct you have of the boundaries that are in place are actually all like nothing changes for neo apart from he starts to believe know thyself know yes thyself. The, yeah i remember watching it and I think it was the first time I thought, oh, what if real life isn't mm. real life? The Truman Show didn't really deliver on that for me. I don't know whether it came after or before. Um, but this was the first time I thought, oh, wow. And there's a little bit of my tiny little conspiracy theory back brain that is not there, guys. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But um, that really excited me. And I wondered what, I mean... Like if you look at someone like Elon Musk, who still thinks we're living, he apparently he said we're living in a simulation. I remember us having this conversation with someone, Anna. It was the Mamsham girls. They were saying, they think, it was the Mamsham girls, your head completely blue. And I was like, if we're living in a simulation, shouldn't I be doing better? (laughs) (laughs) I was angry because of that same thing. She was like, yeah, we're just living in simulation, which is true. You know, that's a sort of solipsistic philosophical whatever but I was like then why am I so anxious <laughs> why have I uploaded that cheat code if I'm making this shit up <laughs> yeah <sighs> uh, I don't know where I was going with that I think I was going to ask you if you think we're living in a simulation Chloe but <laughs> I have a question would you <laughs> Hang on, that was my question <laughs> uh no but watch out for 5G. Okay, um, good. Sorry. Anna? <laughs> well, sort of linked to that question. Would you take the blue pill or the red pill? Oh, hang on. With the context that Morpheus gives or knowing now what the truth is? I'm just going to look at my notes to remember which one the blue pill and the red pill is again. The blue pill means you wake up back in your bed. Which he's done already twice in the film before it happens. And the red one, you enter real life. I, I have, um, like, quite a Gryffindor vibe about me. And I mean, like, all the worst parts of Gryffindor that basically, like, I feel like I'm the protagonist in everyone's story. So I would definitely take the blue pill and then afterwards be like, well, I am in no way equipped to deal with this information. Obviously, I shouldn't have done this. Do you mean... So I'm not the special one. Do you mean the red oh, do you pill? Mean the red, you mean the red pill? You'd go down the rabbit hole? Yeah, the red pill, sorry. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would go... You're I would, literally I would, looking <laughs> at your notes. <laughs> so you'd be like, yeah, I am the one. I'm going to take it. No, I, I wouldn't be like, I'm the one. I just want to mm. know. And I do get bad FOMO as well. Yes, the what if. It's a very convincing yeah. sell. Morpheus looking all yeah. sexy and ting, and then he's like, this I can offer you the truth. And this, you wake up. 
nothing ever happened. It's a bag of shit. Like, he's really selling the red pill. Also, does he ever tell him, once you've taken this, literally you can never go back? Nope. Does he tell him that? Like I said, no fine wow. print. Also, when they're trying to find his location in the Matrix world so that they can get ready to pick him up, Morpheus has already given him the pill. You know, in the mirror, he, he kind of puts mm-hmm. his fingers in the mirror and it starts taking over him. And Trinity's like, oh, he's going into arrest. Quick, find his location. Sorry, guys. Should you not maybe have done that before? Before planning, please. You literally... I don't really know what that mirror is, is doing. What's that mirror about? Uh, well, it's him just starting to go, this isn't real. I'm oh, freaking is it? out. My body's going okay. into it. I think so. They're, but they are tracing him. And, They're trying but, to trace him. As he's doing that. Yeah, but maybe they should have done that a little bit earlier. Yeah, and made a much more boring film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Emily. Hey. <laughs> it just knocked three minutes off and it would have been a good three minutes. I think that everyone in this film should have just been sensible. <laughs> um, I think they should have thought about their actions a bit, a bit longer and harder. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just got on with it. I do also yeah. think that um, <laughs> there is an element there where he is, which is touched upon, but it could have been a bit more... It's where, Morpheus says, like, you've got the look about you of someone who's accepting everything because they think they're going to wake up from a dream. Now, if I thought I was dreaming and Morpheus was like, blue pill or red pill, I'd be like, 100% the red pill. Yeah. But I'm like you as yeah. well. I think I'm yeah. Gryffindor as well. I'd be like, my people need me. <laughs> <laughs> and I would take the red a pill. Challenge. <laughs> what would I do? I think I'd take the red. I think I'd take the red exactly because what you said, Chloe, the FOMO. Mm. I think it would just been like, well, the red one, and then I'll regret it. There's some tantalising <laughs> stuff that has happened before, like the fucking, the bug that's inside him and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, shit. Oh, my God. When that bug is taken out and he's like, oh, my God, yeah. that thing's real. Um, yes, that's why you're in a car with these people you've only ever seen in conjunction with the other people <laughs> in suits. No, because he woke up from a dream. I know that. But then he goes, then he gets a weird call being like, meet me on the thing. To me... I would be wanting to account for all those lost hours. That's two nights that he's just woken up in his bed thinking... I love that you've equated an electronic bug being inserted into your body and your mouth being closed up with skin to a phone call. (laughs) Well, if I got a weird phone call, I'd be like, I think I'm still in that world. I've been looking for you. Meet me here. Blah, 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 blah. And then somebody has got a big machine. That's when I'm like, that thing's inside me. Not yeah. when I get a phone call. Uh, yeah, but still not him. Yeah, but he's still not then. And then the thing comes out and he's like, oh, that's real. What did you think they were doing? In real terms, there would be a lot of trying to come to grips with what everything's happening. Because your mind would be going like... He doesn't really need that much time. He's just... Well, you've he's you've changed your story now. Now it took too long and now it's... <laughs> no, I mean, when he's there, when he's in the world, he's like, oh, all right. Is the Matrix 2 just, like, following uh, his trauma therapy from, from, <laughs> from all of the events of the first film? There is a bit of trauma, actually, weirdly, because there's a lot of pressure on him and everyone's like, oh, the one, and he's like, oh, fuck. Um, but, you know, he's Keanu, so he's got everything under control. I really <laughs> do want to watch number two and three now. I really do. I remember being quite pissed off when I watched three. My brother basically had to come and pretty much turn the TV off for me. Because, oh, so, so it was, no, because <laughs> no, I was like, I'm only going to watch 10 minutes of the second film. And then it was getting later and later. And he was like, okay, I'm confiscating the Matrix from you. But I stopped the film so many times. One, 
because I was like, I need to smoke some weed. And two, because I was like, whoa, why am I not watching this on the projector? This is an absolute travesty. All right, brag. I'm watching on our shit TV and the audio was terrible and we had to keep turning it up when someone spoke and turning it down when any action happened. We get it, Anna. You're trendy. We get it. (laughs) I was living the dream. (laughs) Chloe, what device did you watch The Matrix on? I I watched it on my dad's TV. Did you get written permission? (laughs) So pretty good. Pretty good setup. It's good. I've got written permission, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to get the, it for number yeah. two and three as well if I want to watch those. <laughs> it's time for my most important question when it comes to the Matrix. Oh my God. I wonder if it's a question I was about to ask. I bet it is. I highly doubt oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. What was everyone's first phone? Oh, such a great question. Those banana phones are so cool. I want one oh my God, still. I thought you were going to be cross with me. I thought you were going to be cross with me for asking such a shit question. No, it's such a good question. <laughs> no, that's my job to be cross with you for asking shit questions. Okay. <laughs> it's just the film's age, the age of the film, obviously with the CGI and like you say, the repeated uh, effects that we're used to seeing now. But I mean, product placement, Nokia, um, it really made me think, oh yeah, my first phone with an antenna. Yes. Also, I should say that Around 2000, I definitely had both a PVC skirt and a PVC pair of trousers. Wow. I did not. That's cool. No, I I mean, Chloe, it wasn't cool, but I wanted to be Trinity. anything PVC for you? Uh, No, I I can't say I did have have anything PVC. I just wore sort of Crystal Palace kit and wellies for a a large swathe of... Um, and the like Crystal Palace kit is not it's not PVC. Not anymore. No. No, okay. not not specifically. I could request it for next year. Allow me to tell you the story of my first phone. Yes. Um at the Avon book was giving away <laughs> free Nokia's, little Nokia's. What? So we went we went to the phone shop with our Avon voucher. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How much makeup did you have to buy from Avon to get a free phone? No, I think they were just giving my my mum and my nan bought a lot of Avon stuff. This sounds dodgy and it sounds untrue. It's not untrue. Why would I? Why would I lie? No, no, I don't mean you're lying. I feel like they've bought you a phone and they've let you think that Avon was giving it away. Why would they do that? What's in that for I them? I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. Okay, I'm on the spot. <laughs> so anyway, we go to the phone shop. I hand over the voucher and they go, "Oh, sorry, we're out of Nokia, whatever's. We're out of so- free Avon phones." <laughs> But you can have this phone instead, and it was an Alcatel one, t- and it had a it had a color screen compared to the Nokia, which had a um, black and white screen. Alcatel, I've forgotten about that's that. That's blowing my mind. I'm now remembering that I got a see-through Game Boy for opening a Halifax children's account. Fuck oh off. my god, that's sick. Yeah, it was amazing. Was it one of those ones? One of the like. The square the ones. Re- like the rectangle ones. ones, but it was clear what? and you could see everything inside it. You could see I had the... a purple one of those. So cool. Oh, it was so got... good. That's the only reason First why. First of all, never had a Game Boy. Oh, man. But had to play on everyone else. How did you play Pokemon? I've got anything free for opening accounts. They used to give really good gifts for opening children's account because it basically meant you had a lifelong customer. I got those piggies. I just got those piggies that you had to collect. Yeah, yeah. I had one of them as well. Oh, got one of them as well. Did you as a Game Boy? And a Game Boy? Yeah. I'm kind of a big deal, guys. <laughs> What was your first phone, though? It was a projector. (laughs) 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 It's not even my projector. Um, (sighs) My first phone was, I think it was, it was a Sagem. 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 And it kind of looked like a jelly bean to me. 
And it, I fucking loved that phone. I loved my first phone. But I didn't have a Nokia for a while. I had an 8210 at one point. I had a Panasonic. Wow. Mine was a Panasonic with a little aerial and it was light blue and I thought I was fucking cool. That does sound good. Little pay-as-you-go. Oh, it was only pay-as-you-go then though, wasn't it? And I remember my stepdad once saying, oh, lines, as in phone lines and stuff, and mobiles will be all subscription one day. And I was like, how do you know? What do you know? And he's not bloody wrong. No, I mean, that is how landlines worked, though, so... No, 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 you paid per call. You paid per... You were charged per call. Oh, you're right. You are right. You're right. Sorry, you... You're. How dare you? That's my father. I'm sorry, one of Emily's fathers. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, you're quite right. I'm so sorry. And I, I just yeah. also remember running up massive phone bills to my friend Nemo, and we had to put her number on... BT friends and family because my mum and dad were like <laughs> can you not you've just been at school the whole time but I was a teenager I had to talk all the time talk about okay well that's answered my question I think we should all well I've have a cake. I've got another question sorry okay. I know there's a lot of questions but these are all burning questions you get one plug in oh what do you choose oh fuck what question you get one program in through the jolter neck plug and then you're back to reality no i just mean like if i said to you now emily okay i'm going to plug you in one time only and i'm going to run a program so you can fly that helicopter or you can learn jujitsu or oh it's a skill it's not a world i get to live no it's a skill oh it's a skill yeah oh okay um can you come back to me because i've there's a lot of skills that i've already got and i don't want to waste a skill on something that i'm actually very good (laughs) (laughs) chloe what about you Play all musical instruments. That's a fucking oh, that's amazing good. one. I love that you... That's really good. You fucking did a kind of genie trick you there. You knew that. You included all of the instruments in one wish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're not... If you've got three wishes, you're not going to go play guitar, play piano. I'm just saying, you gamed, you gamed the system. <laughs> you're, making, you're making her angry, Anna. You gamed. Oh. <laughs> Anna. Anna, b- back away from the question. oh god i have no idea god this is because this shows how greedy i am i'm just can't think i'm like oh Oh, god God, yeah definitely the best one what about what do you mean oh definitely you're greedy me i am (laughs) oh what would you do you know what you'd choose i think it would be between being able to speak all languages that's a good one yeah oh umbrella jumping on the all thing but i do really love the idea of being able to be like just sick at martial arts why just because i've always wanted to be sick at martial arts but i've never ever bothered to do any of them can i um because it is a skill and i feel like if i freed my mind i could do it i feel like it's going to be something about sex (laughs) you're being very flirty with the flicking her hair i'm leaning in can i fly yeah okay i'm gonna fly okay cool yeah why not i'm gonna fly here's my question about flying Oh. Because, no, it's something that you... Obviously, I can't go too You're high. Right, that's kind of a power... Go on. <laughs> it's a real tendency on this podcast to preempt the question being asked rather than just wait two more seconds to hear... That's what editing's question. for. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to make you angry, Chloe. <laughs> um, sorry, Chloe. Sorry. Listen, flying is... Well, I guess it, maybe it is the question. Maybe it's just something more for your consideration. Sure. People, I think, think that they would be able to, like fly for an infinite amount of time but surely it would be like running like it would be a skill that you would have to build up and and gain sort of some kind of 
uh, what's the word like stamina stamina you'd have to gain some stamina but there's no physical no because I'm just there's no physical exertion with a magical power such as flying for a human there is for a bird because they're like flapping their wings and stuff what so you you don't think that you okay as I imagine it I'm like this (laughs) as I imagine it a person flying they just like uh, activate flying and then they're not moving any part of their body they're just flying yeah Yeah, that's it but if you really thought about flying in the world in which we live then then like (laughs) exerting energy requires an input of energy I agree yeah well you know what you can play every instrument but you know what your music's (laughs) shit and I'm not buying your album (laughs) Okay, are you playing them all at the same time, are you? Are you playing them all at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I was fucking out. <laughs> well, you fly by. <laughs> Just for 10 minutes. I'm completely out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hovering, really unstable. Yeah. Okay, so just to change the subject real quick, but um, because I also thought, and I'm sorry, I've obviously thought way too deeply about this film because of who I am. But there's a whole thing about slavery and bondage. And it's really interesting to have Morpheus being the one who's... Emily's looking at me like, no. But it's all about being delivered from bondage and you are enslaved in your mind and so on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I thought in general, I was like, that's why it's really good that Morpheus is a black man because mm. I would not feel very comfortable if, like, Michael Ball was playing that role. <laughs> the only other choice, I really. I Michael Ball was playing any role, <laughs> But then also, there's, like, there is a lot of racial diversity in the film, and although everyone who gets saved from The Matrix apparently is American, but, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're working in a very small remit of freeing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we've also got, there's like a quite a strong sort of androgynous vibe, you know, mm. Switch and Trinity. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, there's just kind of like, it feels more a bit more current in that. Sorry, I feel like you're going to say something, Chloe, which is why I keep stopping. No, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to make you do that. No. Um, did you want to finish your point? Well, no, I'm just like, it's quite a diverse, I think it's an interesting world that they're inhabiting in terms of the bad guys are white men in suits. And then the goodies are like this bunch of misfits of all different races. And they are, yeah, I still think it very much subscribes to this kind of comic book world. We, the misfits, have made ourselves, made a world where we fit in. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you're making such an, an amazing point. And, and I, that, I, I think it's quite relevant to, you know, um, conversations that we're having currently, which is why I think it's pretty progressive for a film from 1999. Because, yeah. because there is even a line in it that these, the, the baddies, uh, I think Morpheus says like, oh... You all look, look the same. same. Yeah. yeah. And it is true because in the first sequence where they're, ch- they're chasing Trinity, like you... And then they all come together. Like, I couldn't tell who was who or which was which. And I think the homogeneity of, you know, whiteness and maleness representing the natural order and essentially capitalism... And control. ...is, like, really... And control is really interesting that the people outside of that are sort of, you know, queer-presenting, racially diverse, and, um, yeah, representing sort of, like, a liberation from that quite uh, severe... Constricted. Constricting natural order 
Yeah. Which was not that common, like you say, in films from that time, I don't think. Not to that extent. And I wonder if that does have something to do with the Wachowskis being the ones who made the calls on that. Uh, What I think is... The Matrix is probably becoming more legit now with the information that we have now that the the Wachowskis are trans. Interesting. Because I think it takes it away from placing it into that quite boys club of films that are around the sort of male power fantasies. So like I would say films like LA Confidential or Fight Club will will come in that where it's just a boys club and there's nothing there for anyone that's outside of fight club is such a good thing to counter it with and i watched a little interview just now with lana which no it was no it was lily wachowski um saying you know a lot of people now are kind of going back and watching the matrix and looking at it in the through the viewpoint of the fact that my sister and i are now trans or are trans And she was like, I think that's really cool because it shows that a piece of art does not stand still in time. It's constantly being reinterpreted with the knowledge that the viewer has at that present time. Oh my God. Do you think that for that reason, that never been kissed in about 10 years is going to be way more legit? So woke. (laughs) woke. Everyone's going to be like, why were we so worried about this concept of age in sex (laughs) (laughs) but no you're absolutely right that's really it's a really interesting thing that it keeps moving Mm -hmm. and yes the the film has aged but now we look at it and go oh okay Yeah. yeah i see what but the whole world that i think it has these undertones of you know the cyberpunk thing the hacker thing the, the all of the all of those kind of subcultures are about oh you're not a white guy who works at Metro Bank although Keanu is a white presenting guy who works at it but he's getting in trouble because he doesn't respect authority yeah it's that thing of like oh you don't fit in there you can fit in here and then there's the unpacking of what we allow as control in our life by the outside world what we're told is the right way to do it and the wrong way to to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you reflect on it in terms of those guys, they're like, hey, everyone's invited. Except I really felt Mm. like poor Switch. She's got basically my haircut. I felt very Mm -hmm. seen. She's got like bleach blonde hair. And when she's in the Matrix, because they all look like fucking G's in the Matrix, she's all dressed in white, which matches her hair. they're all in black. They're all in black and she comes out in this white fucking tux. <laughs> it's a suit. She looks amazing, but I'm like, you're going to get shot immediately. <laughs> you are so visible. You're like <laughs> not blending in at those all. Those programs don't find me. One thing, actually, speaking of um, standing out, one thing that I had never noticed before was Agent Smith's need to be free. Mm. He's a sentient program within a program. And he says, I need to get out. I hate it. I hate it in here. And I have to get the keys to Zion to, to, take, to take it all down. And I love that Cypher's willing to sell out the whole of humanity just so he can have a fucking How stay. on earth does he think he's getting plugged back in? <laughs> Stupid twat. Idiot. But, and I said to John, because I was watching it with John, I said, is humanity's freedom more important than Agent Smith's freedom? Because he's AI, obviously. Well, he's I. And um, John said, yes. And that was the end of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in the same way, and I thought there was, because I was really getting into it. I was like, well, 
they're farming humans for energy mm. and that is it's a full-on vegan argument this is exactly what we do intensively farm whatever you want like cows for dairy or battery hens or whatever like if you were telling the story from the chicken's point of view they'd be like <laughs> these evil overlords have subjected us to we think the world is our barn but we've there's actually a whole world outside <laughs> shout out chicken rut Chicken run too. <laughs> what was? Literally, I was going to say the Matrix, but done with chickens, like being unplugged. <laughs> yeah, it exists. It's chicken run. God damn it. Yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, I did. I did think that because eventually that probably will be, and this is a whole conversation that we probably shouldn't get into right now about the AI that they're talking about. Essentially. It's a current discussion about how how we should regulate AI, how we should move forward with AI. I do think no matter what happens, we shouldn't scorch the sky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what a lovely policy to have there, Emily, is, uh, as a moral code to live by. <laughs> yeah. No matter how shit things are going, should we not burn the well, sky? Well, that's another thing. Because if they free the whole of humanity, everyone's going to come out and they're going to be like, Ricketts. What the fuck? Uh, I know that I was previously consuming liquefied human beings in my pod, but you've freed me into a world where we can't be outside. So we all have to go under the sewers. And do you have any resources? There's not enough resources. What are we eating? Yeah. How are we farming? Is it, is it all that tasty wheat stuff? Because I don't want that. Do you think they have to go in... They'll have to go in and like start a program where they go to people and be like, do you want the blue pill or the red pill? But this literally, just so you know, the red pill's really also quite shit. Just FYI. Yeah. So have you heard of a scorched sky? <laughs> this is something we just want to discuss. We've got a slideshow for you, uh, yeah. actually. Which pill would you take? <laughs> I do think that um, Morpheus, it's interesting that they've gone with the idea that not everyone believes Morpheus. It's not a mm. it's not a done and dusted we the people are looking for the one it's just this one crackpot guy essentially looking for the one and there's lots of elements of like cult cultish behavior in it like mm. blind faith in what i've decided blind faith in this oracle it's all you know and joe pantaleano's yeah. character is a bit like the voice of the cynic who's like are we just all just eating the are we drinking the kool-aid that Morpheus is giving us yeah. right now. And we're all going to risk our life yeah. for this one pasty guy. Mm. Mm -hmm. The fight scenes are yeah. so great, though. But, it's, it's <laughs> but that is just a Jesus story all yeah. over again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, ostensibly, like, Judas probably was quite correct to be like, my friend is getting airs and graces and he's going to get us all killed. So I'm going to yeah. betray him for 30 pieces of silver? <sighs> <laughs> Chloe wants to say yes, but she knows it's going to be recorded. Yeah, I want you to take this silence. Chloe hasn't frozen. She's really, she's quite torn between answering no, this. No, no, I, I think, I think um, the, the biblical Judas and the Jesus Christ star Judas are two very different individuals with different motives. Oh, okay. Um, so the Jesus Christ superstar Judas, I, I can completely understand. He's this. more sympathetic. And he gets a, he gets a better song. So. He, oh, he gets absolutely better than the song. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, anything else kind of burning on Matrix that you think that we need to cover? Um, well, I, I actually, I, I actually, um, I think I probably came on the podcast with an agenda because the podcast is called Still Legit and I assumed that we 
wanted to um, take it down and take it apart. But I, I actually think in sort of listening to you guys and um, discussing it further, like I actually think it is a lot greater than I gave it credit for initially. Wow. But, but I do think I am a bit sceptical of sort of like Us. those 90s films. <laughs> and um, that's why um, I will be leaving no. now. And thanks for your time. Oh, Chloe, you have 90s films. Like, because the thing is, like, I know that the uh, Wachowskis are, are trans and, you know, are likely to have always been trans and always been women, just not been able to sort of express that or know that in, in and of themselves. So th- that contextualised what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. In the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and all of that before, people that make films were a boys club. And I do think it is part of this, you know, group of films in that time, which is a boys club, mm-hmm. which which is a bit male power fantasy, which is a bit like average men doing extraordinary things by not really earning it. So, so I would caveat it as that. But I think it's aged really well, as I said before. And I think that, um, like, it's tapping into arguments that now we have more nuanced language around those arguments. Yeah. It it feels a lot more sort of finessed, our conception of of the film. In terms of then, still legit, what do you think the biggest problem if what was the most problematic thing for you knowing the podcast and what we would do normally tearing it apart and not being so but, in love but was film. it but was it that <laughs> i mean i i felt like it was what you were just expressing which is no but i mean what would still be problematic for you is what i mean it doesn't have to be anything hmm, but interesting because i i totally take your point of like look at this guy this could be you guy yeah. And you, guy, you're the one who can save the world because you're a man and you're white. Trinity's so badass as well. I, I think I think that overall... Sorry, say but that Trinity's so badass as well. And Morpheus, very much. And, tr- and Trinity gets the opening sequence yes. as well. That's that's our immersion into the world. That's our first thing. We don't point. see Keanu yeah. for uh, 10 minutes. So mm-hmm. 10 minutes of the film, we don't even meet him. And, and, you, and I'm like, fresh eyes. Trinity's the star of this show. That's mm-hmm. as I'm starting off. But still third billing. After Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves, hmm. I think it is a bit. I think it's a bit capitalist, and I think it's a bit too like complementary of the human race. Um, <laughs> Chloe's coming to take down oh. the human race now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think we're you know we're, we're largely terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but no, no, I, I think I think it's really great, and I, I think another reason why it's really great now is because again, I think if I've watched it in the time that it was made, most of the, the film, major film output that I would be witnessing would be a boys club. Yeah. And I'm more than happy, like, those films should exist. They just shouldn't be the only films mm. that exist. Yeah. So I think 21 years later, I now have, like, a wide variety of films available to me to watch by, you know, trans directors, woman directors, black directors, like... I think that that makes it a bit better because it's not the only thing that I have to consume or can mm-hmm. consume. And Matrix 4 is planned for 2021. Yes. Stop it. True. Yes. Do you want to go on a little outing? <gasps> I think we might have to, yes. mightn't we? We could go to one of those mother and baby screenings. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> my friend took her baby to see a lot of horror films at those baby screenings. I'm worried about a child. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they don't know shit about shit. Yeah, let's do that. I think, because I, I watched it at a time, I think where I must have been just wandering about my place in the world. Mm. And I, I'll never forget the 
and I'd never forgotten, sorry, the conversation with Agent Smith and Keanu, where he compares humans and the way humans breed and spread to being viruses. Topical! Yeah, well, (laughs) not to get too close to the current situation, but I've just never really forgotten it. And I remember someone, I think, asking me the meaning, like, what do you think the meaning of life is? And I was like, well... I think we're here to look after a planet that we're not really looking after. We're killing, so uh, not sure there is one. And that was that was me at sixteen. And I honestly think that viewpoint that came from the Matrix. Me going, there were themes in this film that I've just never forgotten. Chloe, do you want to mug them and off? Themes that have come up today that I didn't know were in there. <laughs> but I've, I think, like, despite everything that I've said to the contrary in this podcast today, I do actually respect the both of you. Hard to believe, and, despite our um, hiring of, of instruments that we, when we could be buying them. <laughs> but so, so for me, like, it's great to see like two non-white women that consumed that film at the time and got loads from it. Because that kind of like makes me feel comforted that it wasn't this quite exclusionary, masculine, like IT yeah. nerd thing. Yeah. So yeah, that makes me feel better about it. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely, uh, in a similar way, Emily, I, I got that. I think there there was something about me that loved how diverse everyone was in the gang, you know. Although, side note, um, I looked up Tank because he doesn't come back for the second and third. And he's quite intrinsic and important and hot. And <laughs> Tank and Dozer both. Dozer died, though, yeah. Oh, you mean hot? Yeah, incredibly hot. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, hot. But... Yeah, he... I think he's a bit of a bad apple. <laughs> Which I hate again, because he's half he's he's half Chinese. Oh, really? A bit of a what, sorry? Wait, in the film he's a bad apple? No, in real life, he's he basically didn't come back because he was like, I want a million per film. And they were like, no. Babe, you're the operator. <laughs> we're offering you 400,000. And he's like, no. Intonation. Maybe you just get to own. ring people. And-, and... But then he's basically like had restraining he's he made an okay i can sum it up by just saying this he made a youtube documentary called the marcus chong story which is essentially him being like i was wronged but then also like you can find it on youtube also like doing a slideshow of bad things that have happened to people in the matrix's life like Lawrence fishburne's daughter getting arrested or um even the the Wachowskis transitioning in there and he and then he's reaction shots of just him laughing hysterically and being like ah fuck you Lawrence Fishburne ah look at them they used to be men now they're women come on man no okay well Tank that's the film cancelled yeah for me. Tank not legit well they cancelled him so actually in a way um, the film is on the side of this podcast listen so to speak. I came to this podcast <laughs> wanting to cancel the film <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to cancel it and okay. I found my in. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Chloe. I care what you say. It's getting cancelled. Okay, it's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Matrix, still legit, but uh, unfortunately cancelled. Yeah, we didn't have to ask me because we knew, we knew what I thought. Yeah, but so you would say, Anna, because we we've loved films in this podcast. We've loved them and still had to say not legit. I was, uh, I was, I found it alarmingly still legit. But I think also because I'm... Sorry, there's some bin trucks outside. Oh, you could go and give them a tip. I could, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Proving that I've been listening. Chloe, um, just on that, ever tipped a bin man? Of course I've never fucking tipped a bin man. But you've given him a quick hand, Shandy? Just another callback, guys. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to let it rumble on behind me because who knows how long it will take. I found it remarkably still legit and I think partly because I'm I'm kind of interested in this sort of the boundaries are those that you put in your own way kind of thing. I liked that element of like the mind expansion thing where I was like, yeah, we're more than our outer bodies. We're, we're mm-hmm. more than this. So Chloe Petz, mm. The Matrix, bearing all that in mind, legit or not legit? Still, still legit. legit. Oh, you fucked that, didn't you? Sorry. You fucked the name still of your own podcast. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you really fucked that, Emily. Still legit or not legit? Why don't you go hire a smoke machine? <laughs> <laughs> Still legit. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm liking that as a as that that as an insult. Oh, go hire a smoke machine. <laughs> Blow it up your ass. <laughs> go hire a single laser pen and call it a party. <laughs> go hire a laser pen and pretend you're assassinating someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Anna. Yeah. What about you then? Now the bin men have yes, gone. Yes. Now the bin men have gone. I do think it is still legit. I love how diverse the cast is and I love how sort of empowered and important the women are. There could be more. There definitely could be more. But there's a really great moment where Neo's like, I'm going back in. I'm going to save Morpheus. And Trinity starts suiting up. So I'm coming too. He's like, no, you're not. And she's like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. I outrank you. I'm better than you. I could kick your fucking ass. So don't even think about being like, no, you can't go because you're a woman and I have feelings for you. Go fuck yourself. And also, if you fuck me off, I won't love you anymore. And then the prophecy crumbles and you're going to die. Then you'll be sorry. (laughs) How do we feel about her kissing the unconscious body of Neo? This is what I was going to say. I literally put in my notes. um, Lol, did true love's first kiss just save him? Yeah, Snow White style. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, I almost wish there wasn't that love story in it. Because Trinity's so badass and has so much agency, and this prophecy for me is quite weak. And I just wish there, I wish there wasn't that. Do love you story think in that it. now there would be, if the film got made now? I would hope. I would hope that there isn't. No, I think there would be because I, th- I think all the output of like action movies that you get now still has that that central love story running through it. They do, they do, but that that it seems like if you took that one away. Oh, I don't know. I do quite like it. Would it would be very easy to replace with something. I do quite like the idea of... And also her heart-to-hearts about this love that she feels are the ones that nearly fuck everyone over. Like, twice. That's true. The heart-to-hearts are intense. Save it for the ship, mate. Fucking hell. Just, you're about to be on the ship. Go to his bunk tonight. Tell him. Have a shower. Yeah. Also, he, he really embodies, like, a lot of versions of... A, for fuck's sake. Oh it's because it's a one-way road and... They're all still yeah, fine. He really embodies a lot of like traits that I find attractive in a man in various different versions of him, like shaved head, quasi androgynous man of the earth with his sort of like torn woven jumper. Yep, I'll take that. A guy in big black boots, all dressed in black, looks like an absolute <laughs> wrong un. Yep. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. And that's lasted throughout the years for you, so that's good. I mean, it definitely was in the 90s. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yes. So it's a resounding still legit. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chloe. I'm sorry that it's still legit. Have you had any still legits before? Yeah, we have. We're quite lax. Yeah. Yeah. We Our standards are quite low. <laughs> this one I was... <laughs> 
this was like one of the least problematic films we've watched. Mm. I was yeah. more, I was interested to watch it in terms of the bigger issues because I was like, there's not a, a standout. Wow, it's terrible that. Yeah. 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 Right then. Well, I guess I guess you've answered. You've helped us answer the question, Chloe. Will you be watching number two and three? Will your dad let you? Yeah. Yeah. My dad will let me. Unfortunately, they're only available on Now TV. Oh. Where did oh, you watch um, them? Sky. Yeah, I've got a projector and Sky. Sorry, guys. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll watch them when I go when I go back to Kent next on Now TV on, on my dad's on my dad's dollar. Gave you a lot of unnecessary detail. Then yeah. Interestingly, I think there's more problems in the second one uh-huh. because of Zion and the way it's personified. Like yeah, everyone's Zion, like earthy, natural hair, black people, but it feels a little bit co-opted. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. All right. So we'll see you next week, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, can't wait to get a about it. Oh, let's just talk about coming up for you, the Penguin book. Can you tell us a yeah. bit about the... Penguin book chapter that you're doing? So Penguin, in conjunction with the Fringe Society, obviously the Fringe isn't happening this year, so instead what they're doing is releasing an audiobook where one chapter, it's released altogether, but one chapter is promoted per day across the Edinburgh Fringe. It's going to be like various different artists that would have been going to the Edinburgh Fringe, so storytellers, stand-ups, sketch artists, basically making a 20-minute piece of of audio, on whatever so mine's gonna be mine's sort of on uh, gender and masculinity and uh, sort of like reappropriating masculinity and, and sort of like not denigrating it as toxic as, but it's just something that we need to celebrate uh, what we've just misapplied I don't think that has any relevance for the listeners to our podcast it's not the sort of thing they'd be interested in <laughs> no do you know when it's coming out the audiobook will be out at the start of august and then my chapter will be like my my bit is called alpha okay so go. look out for alpha via presumably either chloe pets social medias or penguin social medias but follow chloe Please. come on have a heart oh you're wasting oh, your time if you know i made a vow at the start of the year to start tweeting more and i would say one in three tweets are worth reading <laughs> i actually saw a tweet of yours that had done extremely <laughs> well yeah, recently I, I, I got a viral one <gasps> you got a viral she got caught a, a viral wow one. like the human race yeah. spreading honestly that was a that was a day and a half <laughs> I, was I bet. And when I wrote it, I was like, this is going viral. I knew it. You do it. I love that it was a day and a half. Like you knew by 12 o'clock of the next day, you were like, well, that was fun. <laughs> All right then, Chloe. Thank you so much for joining thank us you, on Chloe. Stilgit. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as I say, I, I think it's a brilliant podcast. And I'm so glad to have been on it. We've been endorsed by the angriest woman in comedy. <laughs> <Endorsed>. Woo! <laughs> Okay, so that's time on today, but what have we got for next week? Next week is a real treat. Next week, Emily, we are going to be looking at Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What? 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 Hey, now, the thing is, we have not chosen this one either. This has been no. chosen by our guest for next week. Our esteemed guest. We will be joined by Mawan Rizwan, who is an incredible... I mean... He's an incredible comedian. He's far too successful for his age. It's very, (laughs) very stressful. He's open for Jonathan Van Ness. 
He's been on Live at the Apollo. He's a writer on sex education. He's made documentaries for the BBC and for Channel 4. He starred in Murdered by My Father. He's got a programme on Sky. He's made music videos that I can't get out of my head. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be so much fun. And he has chosen Sabrina the Witch, uh, the Teenage Witch. So that's going to be really exciting because I love that I would have never had that one on the list. Can't wait to revisit. So until next week, get yourself watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch and maybe yeah. Googling Moran Rizwan if you'd have never heard of him because that that's ridiculous on your part. In the meantime as well, maybe uh, hop on the socials. Give us a share. Shout out to your friends. We would love you to... Help us spread the word. (laughs) (laughs) And you can always email us at isitstilllegit at gmail.com. Or we're on the socials at stilllegitpodcast or at eggcomedy on Twitter. Yeah. There's no excuse. There's so many ways. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye.